This and is Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Oh! Yes. Let's go, Kansas 80, That was a big balls three. Three you minutes ago. Big ball. balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gutekind sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40, and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashu. And we're on Twitch, we're on YouTube, we're on the Odyssey app. Still kind of uh, taking a deep breath from the doubleheader last night we had a Monday Night Football. Finally, guys, not only did we have one, but we had two great games. And some comebacks. Yeah. Yeah, I feel bad for anybody that went to bed early last night. Yes. It looked like the Dolphins were possibly even going to cover, depending what number you got. They were up 14 points with a couple minutes to play. And then uh, Mike Vrabel, the comeback king, embarrasses Mike McDaniel. That was really bad, guys. I that, can't believe they lost. That offense game. just looked nonsense. You're, what is it, like third and two, fourth and one, you don't just run the damn ball. I think A-Chan had, what, one carry in the second half he or something like that? disappeared. Completely disappeared. Just did not use him. Do yeah. not understand. It was a good night, though. Um, I bet Tennessee live. I did have the Giants. Bad night for the Packers. Embarrassing. Yeah. You can't let... I think Joe Barry... I'm not a big, like, fire this guy, but Joe Barry, defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers, <laughs> I think he should have lost this job. If you let former, Tommy DeVito... Former defensive coordinator in Washington, my friend. I've heard that statement a lot. Tommy DeVito looked like Mike Vick. He, he, he yeah. looked like Vick out there He ran for night. almost 100 yards. Like, it was... Like, remember when Allen Iverson crossed over MJ and he broke his ankles? That's what it looked like when uh, Tommy DeVito snatched the ankles of Darnell Savage. It was embarrassing. Um, I still can't believe. I, I figured the Giants were going to cover. I was like, in what world are we making the Packers six-point favorites? Six and a half, seven is actually where it opened. And uh, I didn't think they were going to lose outright, though. Big win for the Giants. Big win for Tommy DeVito. He continues to build the brand. Cutlet I, Tommy. I love the story. I love Tommy everything Cutlets. about it. What a legend. It is, it's, it's what makes sports fun, and I also love the, the fact that the Giants are winning because if my commanders keep losing, jump them. We need, you know, more wins for other teams. It's, that's what I'll take. Guys, I'm reeling, though. I'll tell you what. I had the wildest commute in, I think, to this studio yeah, same I've here. ever. Brutal. It was. I, I get in. You Normally, I try to get here about, you know, an hour before the show. We got time, like, last-minute prep, just kind of going over some stuff. And all of a sudden, I'm looking. I always look at the GPS, right? Just in case. Like, in case something happens, need to find an alternate route. Well, something happened this time. And I'm looking at it, and I'm going to get here about, like, 6.02, 6.05. We're kind of in that range. All of a sudden, it's jumping up 6.30, 6.40, 50. I'm like, what? what uh, the show starts at 7. I need to get there a lot sooner. There was, like, an oil tanker spill wow. that happened, like, while I was on my way in. Everything shut down on the road, the like, the main road that I take in, the highway, whatever you want to call it, depending on what part of the country, freeway, highway, whatever. It's Route 50 in, in outside of D.C., I just, oh, I just I sat there. 50. I, was, I hate it all. I was honest. ready to actually go and start tailgating with people just sitting there. I was like, can I just go make friends with people in the cars? And then it finally starts moving, and the time ticks up, and I'm okay. They're clearing it. This is good. And then on the other side of the road, there's this huge police escort. Now, look, we're in the D.C. area. We see these a lot. It's motorcycle, yeah. motorcycle, motorcycle. Probably about 10 to 15 of them. Then a bunch of police cars. Then blacked-out SUVs. And I said, that's somebody important right there. Then more police cars then, and everything. Turns out, I think it was Zelensky, who was, uh, who's been in D.C., just went right by me. His whole police escort. That, that was all just coming in here. This was in, in D.C., the land, or on the freeway? This was on the freeway. Oh. So outside. So it was like, I guess he was leaving 
at that point and going, went by the oil maybe tanker going spilling to BWI to or going to some private jet probably spot. I thought something. it was King Zion because the Pelicans are in town tomorrow night seven and a half point favorites against the Wizards Zion was coming to eat all the tables <laughs> they're, they're like we got the future MVP how weird is that like now it's a battle Slander. with Zion and people in the media getting mad at him when he's the one himself that's like yeah I can't keep my weight down it's it's all nonsense I've been saying this for is years it it's Ryan, a problem Ryan Ryan you know I've been saying this for, mm-hmm. for three years as long as I've known you I've been saying and Zion has bus territory written all over him because of yes. his weight. Because yes. of his weight. I'm right there with you, Trista. It's, 100%. You literally can control the food that you put inside your body and how much you uh, burn calories when you're a big man like that. 6'7", 315, 320 pounds. He's like got shack weight on him and he's five <laughs> inches shorter. It's, yeah, but he's averaging 23. He's averaging almost six boards and five assists. He just had 36 against the Timberwolves. And he also had 13, what, in a, in a, a tournament game yeah, exactly. a oh, week ago. Well, so. he, he, I don't think he He and cared. Brandon Ingram went out, you could tell. Yeah, he was in Vegas. He had I the mean, But see, that's right. the problem. That's the problem well, we there with Zion. Right, when we get to he the young, when my Pellies get to the finals, we can't play them <laughs> in Las Vegas, and he'll be all right. Maybe, unless they play up against another hey, team I'm, che- I'm cheering in a big for market. I'm cheering for them. We let all me, are. Let me Stop throw eating. out a couple bets because uh, you right, can still it. get these numbers. Yes. All right. Hofstra, Duke, we're going to go uh, under. You can still get the same number. It's 144 over at BetMGM. Right now, the score is 5-2. to two. you got to live bet the thing. Duke, 31st in defense, uh, defensive efficiency. Pretty good. And they're 186 in tempo. And then Hofstra's uh, 263rd in the nation uh, in tempo. So two slow-paced teams. I like the under, 144. Again, it's 5-2 to two right now, so you got to get that live. I like the over in North Carolina State, Tennessee Martin. It was 164. UTM, 42nd in the nation in points per game, 31st in three-point field goal percentage. And then you got North Carolina State. They're not playing a whole lot of D this season. 121st in points allowed per game. That one's underway, so you got to live bet that one. And then coming up, 55 minutes from now, Trista, our boys are back in action. IUPUI. Just a couple of years Hell ago, yeah. they were having live tryouts <laughs> on campus. They had nobody going on the squad. But uh, this year, it's this is going to shock you guys. They're struggling a little bit offensively. They're averaging 65 points, ga- points per game, <clears throat> uh, 332nd in the country in scoring offense. And then defensively, they're 302nd. Minnesota, 113th in the nation in scoring offense, and 93rd in the nation in scoring defense. So I like the under in that game. Uh, 140. So IUPUI Minnesota under. And then uh, one last one. It's underway already, though. Maryland Elkhorn State over 141. So all these games are already kind of started. Why do you like that uh, over? Uh, Maryland scoring a bunch of points. Elkhorn State doesn't play a whole lot of defense. They could score. And I thought it should have been like around like 143 and a half. So it closed at 140, actually. So uh, two teams that are playing uh, fast pace, up tempo. Like that one a little bit. Nice. Nothing uh, later, though. Um, I was thinking about the Lakers with it being the second night of a back-to-back. That's what I'm thinking, uh, too. For the Mavs. So, yeah, I only have NBA plays tonight. Uh, one of my favorite bets is actually, I hate doing this, but you kind of have to given the number and kind of the spot. Luka, his point total set at 34 and a half. Uh, I like the under there, minus 115. It's down to 33 and a half. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people who are also on it. You're talking about the second night of a back-to-back. Luca got injured last mm-hmm. night. He was banged up, and it looked like his hip was in a lot of pain. He said that after the game, I got to get ready for tomorrow. Again, against a Lakers team that defensively pretty damn good coming off of that IST win, you might think maybe there's a hangover. I don't really. like. I think the Lakers, even in Dallas, are going to be playing pretty tough defense against Luka. Like, for Luka to have 34 points after getting dinged, I just don't see that happening at all. Uh, and then in a little bit of the later game in the 8 p.m. slot, uh, 
Nikola Jokic, 12 rebounds up against Vucevic. Every time he goes up against Vucevic, he's had 12 rebounds or more in the last, like, seven matchups. But here's, though, another sneaky under. Nikola Jokic, under 28.5 in every single matchup in Nikola Jokic's career but one. He's had under 28 points. Every single one but one. And the last time he had it, he had 30 in 2016. So I really like Nikola Jokic. 12 rebounds, under 28 and a half. And then finally, I like the uh, the Suns, minus one. I like all that. I like the mm-hmm. Suns tonight. I didn't play them. And then I was thinking about the Lakers. And like you said, second night of a back-to-back, I like to fade Luka because um, it's Luka. And then you got no Kyrie going. And LeBron yeah. and Anthony Davis were both game-time decisions. They're both going to play. So I'm going to bet the Lakers with you. I and, like that uh, a lot. That'll be fun to watch, too. Trying to get the ones that I have up, but the app decided not to load right now for me. So I'm having one of those day guys. It's, I know how it goes. It's one of those Fred things Durst right talked now. about those I will days say this, before, though, I do you have, know. I do have Jokic over on assists in this game. I like so that. Did go with that. Nine especially and a half. matching up against Vooch. Oh, I got it. Finally, everything's open up here. Here you go. Uh, yeah, it's a, a couple parlays, Trista. You'll like this. So, Jokic over on assists, uh, over on Paul George assists as well. As well What's as the numbers? Just three and a half. Paul George assists three and a half. Yeah, you don't want that on its own, though. It's minus 195. Nice. And so, then you got nine and a half for Jokic, Nine right? and a half for Jokic. Over one and a half steals and blocks for Drew Holiday. He has been all over that number in, I think, three of his last five. He's a block machine for so, like. I think sometimes people don't realize that, and you watch him, and you're like, oh, God, that's right. He goes out and actually goes and gets you blocks, too. Uh, Devin Booker, it's an alt number, 25-plus points. And just one three-pointer made for Draymond. He's been hitting a bunch of threes. That actually pays it plus 10-12. So, big one. So, Draymond, 1-3. Draymond, 1-3. Devin Booker, 25-plus points. Oh, I like that because the number was 28 and a half, I want to say. Yeah, so I dropped it down a little bit just in case he tries to get maybe Beal involved because he's going to be out there. But there's also no Durant, so it's like, okay, he probably will get buckets. But just in case, wanted to pull that back a little bit. Over one and a half steals and blocks for Drew Holiday. Over three and a half assists for Paul George. And over nine and a half assists for Jokic. Paul George screwed me the other night. He what did he had, do? He only had one assist for the night. I He's on your it. list? He's that on was, my list. That was like his one game where he hasn't yeah. gone over that yeah, number, so I'm it hoping is. it doesn't No, I, I think you're good. I think you're good. Yeah. But, like, I, there's guys now that are on my list, uh, and I think, actually, Jalen Hyatt is now on my list Uh-oh. from last night. Uh-oh. He was just not involved at all. I don't think I can take role players in primetime spots anymore unless I can really rely on them. Tommy Cutlets. Yeah. He was Tommy too busy Cutlets using the legs. Using Wandale Robinson. <laughs> Big Saquon game. That was, I mean, there's no such thing as locks because he could always get hurt. But against Green Bay's defense, whew, yeah, Saquon was a great bet. What do you guys think? Talk me out of this one. Okay. It's the second night of a back-to-back, but why does the number keep going up? It opened at 9.5. It's out to 11.5. The Cavs on the road. So no Evan Mobley. No Ty Jerome, no Ricky Rubio, which we already knew about. Yeah, who cares? But everybody else is playing. It's the second night of a back-to-back. They're in Boston. Doesn't that seem like a little inflated? It like does. Like it should be more mm-hmm. around like eight and a half, nine. I mean, do I really want to do that with Cleveland, though, on the second night of a back-to-back? Not, what do you think about that one? I think that's a stay away. I saw that. Boston and I covers said, these big numbers, though, too. That's the thing. I said I saw that, and I said, why, why even fool around with Boston? I know that you know this, Ryan, because it's been going on for years now. But I don't like to bet anything Boston-related. I'm even a little bit scared that I took Chris Stapps, Porzingis, one-and-a-half threes. I don't even think I gave it out because I'm so scared. Uh, <laughs> now you just did. So. Yeah, but, I mean, it's my bet. Don't take it with me, okay? It's my bet. Mine. So, yeah, I, Boston's just a tricky team to, to bet on. They're very erratic, mm-hmm. points props-wise. Jason Tatum did it in his prop the other night in a really good matchup. I think I got to stay away from that one. Actually, though, one in that game you might like is Derek White, PRA. 
he has been he's gone over that number I think in six straight games. I got it in front of me now. He had thirty uh three rebounds and three assists last game. It's only twenty two and a half. Uh, 18, 8, and 4, 21, 5, and 6. So he's been on a tear. He's averaging 19, 7, and 4 over his last five games alone. So that's maybe like the one. But you're right. I mean, Boston can sometimes be a little this, bit This is why erratic. they're the ultimate stay-away team. Mm-hmm. Boston, 9 and 10 against the – 9, 10, and 2 against the spread. So pretty much 50-50. And then totals, 9, 11, and 1 to the under. Can't do it. I mean, they're just literally a 50-50 cover, you, not cover. I'd love over, to know, though, how much it's been when they've covered these double-digit spreads, though, because I feel like there's a lot of those that they've had you this year. You can look at that, too. You yeah, can I know if you that. have it right in front of yeah. you, I get it. But, like, that'd be something to actually, like, dig into a little bit. Yeah. Because they do. You know what? I'm going to add something. I'm going to go Jason Tatum. I was thinking about maybe even some alternates. So it's the second night of a back-to-back for Cleveland, and there's no Evan Mobley. So I might go Tatum over 25 and a half points. I, I did like that. that. I did that too, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Give me some Tatum. Uh, I'll play a little Jason Tatum in that game. I'm going to stay away from Cleveland because of what you guys said. I think I'm like 0 and 3 betting against Boston this season. <laughs> you never know. I uh, get it, dude. So I'll go JT. Oh, geez. I'm looking at some different numbers. 26 and a half is minus 130. How many think he goes out for tonight? Probably 30. Okay, we'll go. 30's a solid number. I'm just going to go with the regular ass line yeah. because I don't want to get burned. It was a good night, a really good night, actually. It was yeah, a good was. weekend. Ryan had like a million bets on the Giants, but he kind of <laughs> didn't want to tell us it was his favorite bet because he didn't want me to threaten to slit his throat if it didn't hit. Well, no, I just didn't need Cheesehead Nation coming after me like, oh, man, you don't believe in Jordan Love and, and whatnot. But even, I didn't even do the pod last night anyway, so it ended up working out. I There was a fill-in for me, so I stuck around. I'm not going to lie. I didn't get home until about 2.30 a.m. last night. I I left after the game. Dylan was messaging me. He's like, hey, where are your power rankings? And I'm like, forgive me, please. I uh, slept a little bit today. I went to the (laughs) gym. I went back home. I had plans on rewatching the games. I got through the Tennessee game because I was like, how the hell did the Dolphins blow this? And, uh, yeah, I I played a little poker last night, and I did pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I had a good night at the poker table. We got the Jaden Daniels Heisman Futures. I'm starting to feel a little bit better about my bills making a run. My exact Super Bowl matchup, 49ers-Bills. Can you hear me knocking? And then, of course, Lamar Jackson. We need need a couple big performances. See, guys, the stats, the numbers aren't there for Lamar's MVP campaign. But the Ravens are just a couple plays away from being 13-0. Yeah. It's because of Lamar Jackson being healthy this season. He's so good. I mean, if, Brock if they Purdy, beat the Forty ers Purdy's great. Yeah, you know, and he can make every single throw. He's not a system quarterback. But if like you take Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle away, you know, and even like Dak, Ceedee Lamb has proven he's a number one wide receiver. But I guess you can make that case for Dak because you have the corpse of Michael Gallup. Ferguson's been awesome this season. Uh, oh, great, he was great so move. good. Great move not paying Dalton Remember, Schultz. Remember, yeah. that 70 yards, he had 71. He's so good. Oh, was that what it finished? Yeah. It finished with 71? Yeah. Yeah, I like him that a lot. That big pass over the middle to Fergie, I was losing my mind. Yeah. All the other props looked like they were going to hit at that point. CD looked good. But that, that parlay that we cooked up all together, guys, did not come home. Because no, it CD didn't. did not get I felt good about yards. it, but it didn't uh, didn't come through yeah, for us. But that's what happens when you got a blowout, too. Yeah, that might hurt his uh, OPOY odds. I don't know, though, because Tyreek didn't do a whole lot last night. But he also has the excuse that he was, like, knocked out of the game for right. a quarter and a half. And then he still so. came back. So, you know, he toughed it out. Yeah. That's if anything, I, yeah, you got to give him a little credit for that. Football guy. There you go. So I think you can still on pace, that, I right? believe, for 2K anyway, 2,000 yards. Right. So it's going to be really hard for someone that <laughs> right. has a historic season like that to not win Offensive Player of the Year, even if he has one game like that. Everybody will forget because he'll go for like 150 next week. Jim Root on some college hoops next. Bet MGM tonight. 
We'll be right back in just a few. Head over to BetMGM to place a better three. This is BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL. I remember when Michigan played Georgia a couple of years in, ago in the in the Orange Bowl, and Michigan had a great offensive line then. And then they went up against Georgia and some of those SEC D linemen, and it just it wasn't the same. So I remember James Franklin. You know, he was talking about it. This was years ago, and he always said the biggest difference from the SEC to every other conference, and why there's this like SEC bias. Is, is the line of scrimmage for the defensive linemen. Like, they're just, they're different animals. You know, I don't know, Chelsea, if you saw the Eagles-Bills game from last week when Jordan Davis, the former Georgia defensive lineman, was chasing down Josh Allen on the sideline, and it's just this 330-pound animal just running after Josh Allen, 17 miles per hour, and it's like the, the, the SEC D linemen are just, are different. So Michigan's got a great O-line. But uh, I think Bama will be able to hold their own. They got a really good secondary, too. So, uh, and they're getting a month to prepare. And they got Nick Saban, and they got Kevin Steele, who's one of the best defensive coordinators in the country as well. So I think it's going to be a tough game for Michigan to, uh, to move the football. I also think it's really telling that in the matchup between the number one and the number four seed, the spread is a point and a half. It feels like me, it's telling me that the market is really high on Alabama. Like, doesn't this seem shocking? Like, one would think the spread between the number one team and the number four team would be bigger than the spread between the number two and the number three team. But also, the number two team is also the underdog in that matchup by four and a half points. So it almost puts your brain in like a mental pretzel trying to think of all of the things that the market is telling us here. Were you surprised to see this line so short? And do you think that's telling us something about the betting market when it comes to Alabama? No, I, I really wasn't surprised. I, I know Bama lost to Texas, but they went undefeated in the SEC. They beat Georgia. So, if anything... I
Incredible indeed. ESPN again with the call. So Tennessee holds on. They sack to a late. They are the first team to be down by 14 points with under three minutes to play and win a game since 2016. Previous teams in this spot had gone 0 767. So what we saw last night was something we rarely see in the NFL. And Chelsea, you got to be thrilled with this. Well, kind of. But, like, what are the Titans doing winning games right now? We don't need to win games. Like, we're not <laughs> going to make the postseason, so you might as well get a better draft pick. But what I wanted to see in this game is exactly what we saw. Will Levis taking a hold of the offense and getting a chance to play in some meaningful moments. Because that's what the Titans are playing for now. They're playing for the future. They want to see if Will Levis is going to be their quarterback moving forward. And I think we saw a lot of great things from Will Levis last night. We saw the... Now, back to Bet MGM tonight. Here are Nick Ashu, Trista Crick, and Ryan Horvath on the BetQL Network. Presented by Bet MGM. Early 25-22 lead for Duke over Hofstra. I'll hate Hofstra forever, guys. As a George Mason alum, damn it. Hofstra was one of our rivals. I was like, what the hell? Knocked him out. Knocked him. We knocked him out in the CAA tournament. And the next year, they took their their uh, their media booklet or whatever. Yeah. And they took a picture. Made it personal. Of, of a, yeah, of a scene. It was like a, 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 a It was late in the game, I think, when Hofstra beat them in the tournament. And then they took a picture of that missed free throw and made that like their media booklet for the season. Just to be petty, because they didn't get into the tournament, and Mason did, and then Mason went to the Final Four. So screw you, Hofstra. I mean, I'm going to hate him again. by a million. I'm going to hate him with you soon if they don't uh, calm down on the scoring. (laughs) Luckily, Tennessee Martin and NC State doing the thing. 174.5, the live total in that one. Electricity right there. Loaded night tonight in uh, in college hoops, which luckily, that's why we can bring on our buddy Jim Root joins us now. Uh, You know... I guess what I want to actually do here, I want to make sure you just, if there's anything that you like that's in some of these early games, let's get that out of the way now because I'm looking at this schedule going, my God, there's like a thousand games. And I feel like sometimes I don't want to hold you back. If you got something, I got to tell them, I got to tell them now before it's too late. So anything in some of these early games you like that we should be looking at? Um, nothing crazy, especially nothing that hasn't really tipped yet. Um, okay. I, I'm on a couple things right now. I'm just I'm glancing through what I've got tonight. Um, I have the under in Texas Tech, Oral Roberts, but I got it 144. I think it's like 142 and a half right now, so a little dicier there. Um, but that's that's it. Nothing nothing that I really want to like get into the people's minds right away and make sure to hit them with. If you're John Shire right now, Jim, uh, you must be not hitting the panic button, but kind of close. Looks like Duke might be this year's UNC. We always talk about who that team is going to be, and they've fallen off. Pre-Christmas, like, how do you, if you're John Shire, adapt this lineup, this roster to kind of fix some of the spacing concerns that they've had? Man, it's a great question. I think he's got to figure out how to use this time without Tyrese Proctor to kind of figure out a little better of an offensive pecking order. I think coming into the year, everybody thought Proctor was going to emerge into this All-American, you know, secondary All-American threat alongside Filipowski myself included. I mean, how he played down the stretch last year was really, really impressive. And he was you know, a reclass guard. He's an older reclass guard, but you know, he kind of jumped up a level in competition coming to college. So it seemed like maybe the development curve would be accelerated and it didn't quite happen. It hasn't come to bear this year. So figuring out with Roach and especially the freshmen, I think that's where they got to figure out how, who's going to provide a little bit more scoring pop, whether it's McCain or Foster, getting those guys more confident on the perimeter, figuring out how to you know, 
increase their confidence. I feel like maybe they came in and were deferring to the older guys. Now they've got to score against Hofstra and against Baylor coming up. They're going to need to step into those roles and, and score a little bit. So trying to build that with them. And then also, I think he's got to get Sean Stewart in the rotation. Uh, the athletic freshman, he's not quite a true center, but he's 6'8", he's bouncy, he can give him shot blocking, more of a presence at the rim. You've got to let these guys play through a little bit of their freshman mistakes early on. Uh, that that's uh, you know a team that's completely different from this discussion with Michigan State. Um, they're not really letting their freshmen figure things out, and I think they're suffering for it now and, and are going to suffer long term. So these teams, it, that's kind of what non-conference is supposed to be, especially the buy games. Let let these guys get a little comfortable, get their feet wet, and I don't know that Duke and Michigan State have really done that to to a successful level. The Big 12's actually been pretty loaded this season. They got six teams in the top 25. You got Houston coming in, they're number four now, and then BYU uh, in the top 25 as well. Who do you like the best in the Big 12? Like if you're looking at futures or just a team that you trust moving forward the rest of the way? It's actually Houston. I know that's maybe a heresy to say with, with Bill Self on the sideline at Kansas, as good as they've been year after year after year in that league. But Houston, I mean, they're, they've been a kind of a metronome of their own. And I know it's been in the American and people kind of dig into the, the competition level of that league, but the team just rocks and they've got some things that make sure they have a very high floor every single night out. And that's, they defend they're everywhere. The way they challenge jumpers, you look at their defensive three point percentage year after year after year, they've kind of become an outlier there where they're the team that actually does dictate how well you shoot. Typically, statistically, that's something that's hard to control as a defense. But Houston, they do it because of the way they close out and the athletes that they recruit. And then offensively, they'll go through some kind of ugly stretches, but because they offensive rebound like crazy and they really get after the glass and got you know three or four guys going to it every single time, they'll get some second-chance putbacks. They'll get kick out for open threes for guys that you know might not get as good shots in the flow of the half-court offense, but off offensive rebounds, they'll find points there. So I actually like Houston. I know they've... I'm looking at the, the odds here at BetMGM, they tilted up into the, the favorite to win the Big 12. And I think I'm comfortable with that. Kansas has shown enough sort of flaws a little bit, especially in their half-court offense, that I'm more comfortable with Houston at this stage in the year. After what we've seen at this point, Jim, from Zach Eady, is the Wooden Award basically his to lose? I mean, I'm looking. Edie's the favorite here at one book I'm checking out. Hunter Dickinson's behind him at plus 380 after Edie's minus 200. Then we're talking like Filipowski at 30 to 1 and Tyson Walker at 35 to 1. It just feels like even with Hunter Dickinson, who can maybe kind of catch up a little bit, just this just feels like it's Zach Edie's throughout the entire season. Yeah, I kind of think so. And I, I was looking at it this morning, and I think I saw minus 110 at BetMGM, and then later it was minus yeah. 160. Edie just seemed to be taking money already today. And it's a bummer because I think there's some people on that list that are undervalued if it was like betting to be All-Americans first team. But since only one guy can win the award, I have a hard time seeing how anybody's going to uh, unseat Edie, barring injury and knock on knock on wood, uh, knock on my desk here to make sure that nothing happens there. But the production is just so immense, uh, and he's playing for a top five team. They've got a ton of big wins already, a bunch of them away from home, neutral courts, uh, and some really really big victories. So it seems like they're going to probably head towards uh, a Big Ten championship, a one seed, and it's going to be take away from a guy who's scoring you know twenty four and eleven or putting that up every single night. Uh, for an elite team. So as much as, you know, Dickinson's going to be productive and, and Filipowski is like, 
they've had a little bit of shakiness as a team, and Edie has let has given up no ground in that race. So I, I do think he's going to go back to back, and I'm not really looking at anybody else in that market. Who are the names? I mean, obviously you made it clear that Edie is the one you think that's going to win, but who are some of those names that you think at least deserve a little more credit that you kind of hinted at? Yeah, looking down the board, uh, PJ Hall is 50 to one, and I think he's been arguably the best player in the ACC, and that includes Armando Baycott and Kyle Filipowski. Clemson's undefeated. They've got a bunch of big wins away from home too. Beat TCU on a neutral. Uh, beat I think it was Maryland on a neutral. They won at Alabama. They've been ridiculous to start the year, just shooting up the rankings. It might be the best team in that league. And if Hall continues to score and you know he distributes, he blocks shots, he can hit threes or score in the post. Like he's a tremendous player. And then Tristan Newton, I think, is a guy that's kind of getting overlooked for UConn. The hype coming into the year was Donovan Klingon, sophomore breakout. He's going to be a star just like Edie was last year and contend for National Player of the Year. Their best player has been Newton, and it's kind of been not even close to me looking at uh, what they've done so far this year. He hits clutch shots for them. He's he's great late in the shot clock. He distributes and sets up others. He's a terrific rebounder for a guard, so you get a ton of you know, points per game, uh, rebounds per game. The per-game stuff is there. He's I think I saw 50 to 1 2. And if you look at Ken Palm's player, the algorithm, he's in the top five, like kind of first team all American caliber. So if if I could bet, you know, let's say cut that cut those odds in fifths. And if he was 10 to 1 to be a first team all American, I'd love to wager that. But unfortunately that that market's not out there. But he and Hall, I think, are two guys that, that really deserve a lot more love. Yeah, UConn looking good, Jim. <laughs> looking good. Starting no, to go up the board. I think it was twenty to one. Now they're fourteen to one. I hate to be the the person who just asks you about bad things. Um, but what's <laughs> what's wrong with USC? They lose to Long Beach State and I guess the good thing is what did you like about Bronny's uh return to action? Hey, Bronny can do some things that they, they need. Um, they're not a great perimeter defensive team, and he really gets after it on them. I, I feel like you, you think about son of a star and all this hype coming in. Oh, he's probably like a big-time scorer, me-first kind of guy, and he's not. Like he, He's going to slide into a role for them. He's comfortable just knocking down open shots when they're there and, and being a terrific on-ball defender. And the team really lacked guard depth before he got healthy. Uh, they kind of had Collier and Ellis and not a whole lot else in terms of ball handling and creation. Kobe Johnson's a solid defender, but it, giving giving them another guy that can handle, can shoot, it's going to help quite a bit. I, USC is just always a team I'm a little skeptical of when they get big-time hype because uh, in, in I believe Andy Enfield's been there for eight years, and in six of them he's finished between 45th and 55th in Ken Palm. Like it's, he's just consistent. We call it the Enfield zone at three-man weave. Uh, the only time he's finished above that, he had Evan Mobley, and obviously Evan Mobley's a star. And we thought maybe Collier, being a potential number one pick in the NBA draft, would be a guy that vaults them above the infield zone, but they're starting to drift back towards it. And I kind of think that's just what they are. A team's going to be like a 7 through 10 seed in the NCAA tournament with a lot of talent, but really inconsistent from night to night. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you about is just – what your take is on Isaiah Collier, because he had a lot of hype too, like you said. A lot of people thought he might be the number one overall pick. And I don't know if I see him as that. What, what do you see him as? I, I think he's probably a lottery pick for sure. Like the talent level's there, and you're a you know, big body guard that can create and shoot, and he kind of knows how to use his frame, draws contact pretty well. But I don't know that he's like a big time shot creator for himself, which is usually what you're looking for with that top pick. Like, this upside of being a, you know, all NBA caliber guy, best team on a championship uh, caliber team. I don't know if he's quite there. And 
I, I can't say I know much about the international prospects in this draft. I know there's a bunch of them up in that like top six range, but Collier isn't somebody that like jumps out to me as need to have him at that number one pick. I don't think any uh, tanking for Isaiah or you know uh, something for Collier is really a, a necessary move for an NBA team at this point. Uh, if there's somebody else overseas, maybe that's the one that they should be circling atop their boards. Uh, Jim, we still got about like three minutes left. There's some big games coming up this weekend. Friday night, we get number five, UConn, taking on Gonzaga. We also, on Saturday, get Arizona-Purdue on Peacock, 4.30 p.m. tip-off here, Eastern time. And then North Carolina-Kentucky. Any of the, Yeah, I hate that, by the way. Uh, and I have to have a Notre Dame fan. Any of these spots do you like? Um, obviously, we don't have lines. We don't have totals yet. But uh, any of these spots that you do like in these big matchups coming up? Yeah, I like I like uh, UConn. I know it's going to be in Seattle, so you're probably going to get a pretty pro Gonzaga uh, crowd out there. But I just think they're better than Gonzaga is right now. They're deeper. They've got more weapons. Stefan Castle's coming back and healthier. Going to start to ramp up his minutes, give them more backcourt creation, and that upfront uh, duo that they have with Klingon and Samson Johnson. That's plenty to withstand Gonzaga's front court and. They've got a bunch of bodies with EK and Greg uh, and, Cole, and and Braden Huff, but I just think UConn's better. And two years ago, Gonzaga played a neutral site game in Seattle against Alabama. Everybody kind of thought, oh, semi-home game for Gonzaga. They'll take care of business against the Tide. And Gonzaga lost. They gave up like 95 points to that Tide team. They just got lit up from deep. I think UConn will continue to show in these non-conference matchups how good they are. Uh, the other one you mentioned, uh, it's not a side angle I like, but depending where the total is, as long as it's kind of reasonable where Ken Palm has it, uh, the over in, in Kentucky and UNC, I think, makes a ton of sense. When Kentucky has played, like, kind of equal competition or teams that like to run, they have pinballed back and forth, tons and tons of possessions. And I know they've got Bradshaw back, and he gives them a little bit more of interior defense, but I still think that team's going to play a lot of lineups where it's small ball and you can get buckets at the rim. UNC likes to run as well, so that it's kind of going to have a, uh, a big-time cumulative effect where we're going to get a lot of possessions, and I think both can score. So as long as that total isn't way out of whack, I think I'll probably end up on that over. Talking to Jim Root, BetMGM tonight. Got about like 90 seconds or so here. Last year, we spent a lot of time talking about Arizona and how they weren't getting the credit for the team that they certainly seem to be. It, it hurts playing on the West Coast. I get it. Like, well, West, at least. You know what I mean? Close to the West Coast. Yeah. Uh, this is a team now that's 8 no, maybe the number two defense, right? The, the number two defense in the country. We saw what they did against Wisconsin. How good is this Arizona team? Are they the best team in the country right now? They're the best team I've seen, and I know UConn's been really good. Houston's been awesome. Purdue's won a ton of big games already, but Arizona just can do everything you want. Like, they've got size, depth, scoring and playmaking in the backcourt. They can defend. Uh, I know Caleb Love gets a lot of the hype as the big-time transfer coming in there, and he's done a great job tailoring his game to their system and not kind of being the crazy shot-happy Caleb Love that he was at North Carolina, but Keyshot Johnson coming from San Diego State, obviously a guy that started in the national title game. He's made them more versatile. And last year they played Ballo and Tubelas together and they were kind of lumbering in the front court and you could get them in ball screens and, and they got a little bit vulnerable that way. But Johnson, he can switch one through four, even one through five. He's been more athletic on the offensive end, giving them some more dynamic uh, interior scoring and able to stretch the floor a little bit. I just think this team is complete in every way. They can play different lineups. They can play fast. They can play slow. They can win with offense or defense. They can shoot from the perimeter. I'm completely sold on Arizona. I think they're the best team, and, and the odds are starting to display that with them right atop the national champion board. 
Jim Root, three-man weave. Always good to talk to you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Thanks Jim. Hofstra is up 37-32 on Duke right now. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Yeah, Duke is uh Fade down. It's, it's insanely difficult to be the guy that follows the guy. That's who John Shire is right now, following Coach K. I one time, though, easy. to shout out John Shire, I think he's going to be okay, and he mm. did grow up like 15 minutes from me, and I did one time. <laughs> so that changes I things. I saw then, him right? score like 85 points in a oh, game yeah. at Glenbard. It was, did you really? Just well, giving him buckets. He, he's one of the greatest scorers in high school basketball history, no matter where. Like anybody that knows, like anybody will tell you, John Shire, he was a bucket oh, yeah. man. He was so damn good. Remember him at Duke. I won a national title. He was he was always the villain when he was there. They always have the one villain. Everybody's always the villain at Duke. That's true. But there's always one, right? There's always a guy that stands out. Like, uh, I mean, J.J. Redick was one of the kings of that. Oh, I love J.J. It's better FGM the night. It's time for our hosting trifecta to take a break. We'll be right back with more on BetMGM Tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL. Arm, we saw the scrambling ability. The fact that he can take some hits. At one point, I think Mike Vrabel pulled him to the sideline and said, hey, you can't be lowering your shoulder as a quarterback <laughs> and Correct. hitting other players. So I really like the toughness and the resilience that he showed because we knew there was going to be some rookie mishaps, and we did see that with the turnovers. Earlier in the game, uh, I believe he threw a pick six. Later in the game, he fumbled, I believe. But the way that he came back was what mattered the most. And yeah. like you said, the Titans in that spot, down 14 points in the fourth quarter, showed a ton of resilience for a team that's kind of been left for dead. So I do like what we're seeing from Will Levis. I do like what we're seeing from this team. Uh, I just wish they wouldn't have won outright. <laughs> I understand that. Your guy, Derek Henry, moves to 15th on the NFL's all-time rushing list. On the flip side, Tua Bailoa. Only 240 yards. Raheem Mostert rushes for 96 and two touchdowns. But Tyreek Hill leaves the game in the first quarter with an apparent ankle injury. What is your takeaway from the Dolphins here? This is one of those crushing losses in that, look, the Dolphins are going to be fine. They have plenty of talent. But there's no way in the NFL you should be giving up a 14-point lead with four minutes to play. They've now won three straight. They're not going to blow anyone out. And Tommy DeVito is not Patrick Mahomes. But I, I love this story for a guy who has no business, it feels like, playing quarterback in the NFL. And here we are. What a sentence. Tommy DeVito is not Patrick Mahomes, uh, clearly. <laughs> but it takes a lot to come in here and have this type of performance because this was an undrafted free agent we're talking about. And there was an interesting quote after the game that made me think that he has a lot of pressure from people in his hometown and that surrounding area. Like yes. Brian Dable was talking about it. He said it's hard for him to keep football the main thing because he's from here and he has such a fan base. And, of course, we've all seen the memes about Tommy Cutlets. And let me ask you for a second. Did you see his agent last night with the fedora on and the pinstripes? He looked like yeah. a cartoon character. He could not have been more dressed to the nines for exactly what we pictured for Tommy DeVito's agent. So it's been a great stretch for Tommy DeVito. And also, big game from Saquon Barkley. Uh, we haven't heard his name too much this season as, you know, the premier talent that he is. 
but a good game here. I think uh, the second half of the game was when he really went off. Had a long of 34, mm-hmm. I believe, in the second half, uh, and a couple of touchdowns to boot. Jenks, you were all over Saquon here, and it was the right call. I'll say this. I love the fact that Tommy Cutlets, Tommy DeVito, is leaning into this. You mentioned his agent. Sean Stellato is his name. He will be inducted into the National Italian-American Sports Hall of Fame this week in Chicago. And by the way, the DeVito family, did you see this before the game? They were in the parking lot handing out cutlets and pasta to people. So Tommy is as Italian as it gets, which I, I love. He's from the area. So when you hear Brian Dable talking about that pressure, that's a real thing from Giants fans from the Italian community. You're like, Tommy, this is our guy. And he's such an unheralded quarterback for him to go in and to say, yeah, I've been leading this team through this three-game winning streak. No matter what happens in his future, he's always going to have this. And that's that's pretty amazing. Now, back to BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. So much to take away from those games last night. I think the biggest thing, though, is thank God we had not one, but two great endings on Monday Night Football. We've been let down so much this year. Goes up, they go, Miami goes up 14, and you're like, wow, that's the Miami we know. That was fast. Yep. And I'm thinking to myself, Ryan, I'm glad he had the 17 and a half. Yeah, I, I know. I actually was like, oh, maybe I want to buy back a little bit on, on Tennessee uh, at that point because you're getting a good number. But I think I was back in uh, was in the middle of traffic at that point. But, yeah, no. <laughs> Miami finds a way to lose, which is just disgusting considering they've been a really resilient team this year. 
Uh, Miami or yeah. Ten- yeah, Miami. Miami's yeah, yeah. been very resilient, right? Like you, you saw what what McDaniel said on Hard Knocks, where he was like, "This time last year, we started to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Now we're continuing to win games, and that was just a game they needed to win." Yeah, I mean, they really did need to win that game, and I'm. That's the thing with the Dolphins, right? I mean, okay, so it's kind of a fluky loss because they had a two score lead, but right. you worry a little bit about them. I mean, defensively, you know, you're just waiting for them to get healthy. And then there's more injuries. You lose Phillips. I mean, you get Jalen Ramsey back a couple weeks ago. I don't really love the secondary. You know, I know that some people thought maybe they would trend towards being like a top 10, top 5 unit. I just, I don't really see it with Miami. And I worry, like, if they have to go on the road, right? I think home field advantage for them is so important. Like, they have to win the AFC because I don't think they could go into Kansas City, into Arrowhead, and beat the Chiefs. And I don't know that they could even go into, like, Buffalo, Baltimore. Um if you're Miami, you want to be home with all that speed, with Tua, with Tyreek, with that run game. And the sunshine. I don't the know. warmth. It's just they're, they're a tough <laughs> team to trust right now, especially when you will let uh, Will Levis beat you. Like last night, 23 of 38, 327 passing yards, had a touchdown, did have that pick right away, but then kind of bounced back and played a pretty good second half. Still can't believe that he led them in, uh, in those final two drives, man. Will Levis. I mean... He's not the most accurate guy, but he's no. got a cannon for an arm. And I confidence. Saw, I saw somebody posted a picture, and they're like, is this the most jacked quarterback ever, and he's flexing? Is that what at the other, end when he was – I mean, he just looked like he was roided out. Was very veiny. Other yeah. than Brady Quinn, I think he might be the biggest quarterback and I've yet, ever seen. Nobody gives him any crap for that, right? Him Brady and Brady Quinn was together, too ripped, they said. Like, man, the meathead in me was like, yeah. what, a, what a win for Tennessee. Hell yeah. And then you had uh, our guy A-Chan, who just – I needed him to get in the end zone. Led the team in targets, like in the receiving game. He had nine targets, but 71 total yards rushing and receiving. They got to get him going a little bit more, man. I know he's just coming back from the injury. Maybe I'm just a little uh, be hurt because he didn't get in the end zone for me. But I wanted to see a little bit more out of him. And I just don't know that I could trust Miami moving forward, you know, compared to some of these other teams like Baltimore and maybe Buffalo if they could get themselves right and get any sort of pass rush. I mean, we spent so much time praising the growth of the defense for the Dolphins, and then you give up this big lead. And we also have to remember, too, like, they had this lead because they got a gift touchdown from Will Levis. Like it also yeah, wasn't just right because of their offense. So there's and a fumble from Derek. Yeah, Henry. so a couple of gift touch gift touchdowns. So you're you're sitting here going, is this is this a, a one off for them or are there some some issues or some things that they should be concerned about? I mean, yeah, the biggest thing is it's obviously going to be health with the Dolphins. And this year, ironically enough, knock on wood, two has been healthy. So that's not the first thing to worry about, but we watched Jalen Waddle get hurt. We watched Zayvon Howard get hurt last night. We watched Tyreek Hill get hurt and then come back, and that's just the beginning of it. They got a lot of guys in and out of this, and this is... Connor Williams Connor going Williams down for gone the for year. year. That's a massive, massive Torn loss ACL. for them. Brutal. That yeah. actually might be the most impactful yeah. loss of the year. Uh, you have guys on the defense going down, but really you want to be able to protect Tua, and Connor Williams is a huge part of that, and then you saw how the offensive line started to collapse around Tua, if he doesn't have a clean pocket, especially if Tyreek Hill's not 100%, you got real problems. Real problems. AFC East, though. AFC Dolphins, East. minus 400. My Bills, 3-1 to one odds. Plus 300 for Buffalo to win the AFC East. Like you said, you got those injuries now for Miami, but you look at the remaining schedule. It's going to be tough for That's, Buffalo to win yeah. the East. I do like them to go on a run, though. So um, do I. But, man, yeah. Some... I went on with WGR today, and they asked me whether I would – put some money on Josh Allen to win MVP and I said actually I'd probably put money on Bills to win the AFC before I would put money on Josh Allen to win the MVP. Yeah, it's too late for the it's MVP. Too late. Too late. I, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to happen. I think like, it's Dak's Dak's party now. Dak, 
Purdy. Yeah, I would love Lamar to see Jackson Lamar. Still, if, he's got some big games coming up. If, yeah, he does. If Lamar can be, I mean, think about who Baltimore has now: 49ers, Dolphins, Jags, Steelers. That's Toughest huge. schedule in the NFL. They a, win three. Let's say they win three or four of those. They they beat the 49ers and you beat the Dolphins. Lamar has a game like he had. He had, what three sixteen and seventy yeah. this past weekend. Yeah, he's That's got a good jump opportunity him back up there. Yeah, because yeah. he'll have the chance to outduel Purdy, and Purdy already has like the head-to-head thing against Hertz because San Francisco beat yep. up on Philly, and Philly just doesn't look like a really good team right now, and Hertz is injured anyway, so he's kind of out of the equation. So you got the head-to-head game between obviously Lamar and Purdy. If he outplays them and Baltimore wins that game, you know, and Baltimore has a good shot at ending up the number one seed in the AFC, and Lamar is the reason why. Yeah, I mean, that's a big game. And then even Miami, you know, if he outduels Tua, I think Tua might be out of the equation right now, but you still have Tyreek. If he goes over 2,000 yards, people are going to, you know, want to see him win it. So Lamar's going to have to ball out in those games. The biggest takeaway I had from last night, guys, maybe the Packers aren't back. I had to, uh, spoiler alert, they're not in the top 10. Um, I have them at number 11 right now in my power ratings, maybe like 10B next to Minnesota, but that was an embarrassing loss. And if this Bill Belichick stuff is true and Bill doesn't want to be a head coach, please come to Green Bay and fix my defense because every single year it doesn't matter if it's Dom Capers, it doesn't matter if it's Mike Pettin, and it doesn't matter if it's Joe Barry, who was once the defensive coordinator of the only 0-16 football team in NFL history history but I mean there's seven or eight first round picks and I get that there's some injuries but you let Tommy DeVito look like White Vic last night he was 17 to 21 (laughs) passing 158 yards 71 rushing yards he had one touchdown one rushing touchdown uh, one through the air like I said that was ridiculous and then on the offensive side of the ball for Green Bay a little bit worried about the offensive line. Kayvon Thibodeau looked like a stud last night, man. He had a sack. He had a pass breakup in that game. He had a forced fumble. He deserves better. And then the other thing that the Giants got right was Deontay Banks. Yes. Um, man, he is so damn good. Last night, 12 tackles uh, is a rookie. I like him. And he plays uh, with a chip on his shoulder. He's He's a cocky dude. That's what I want from my shutdown corner. So the Giants are fun right now with Tommy DeVito. Meanwhile, my team... That was a chance where... You think they're more fun than they were with Daniel Jones? Because yes. I do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. like Daniel Jones is boring as hell. Yeah, let's be he honest. Is. You know, he's got small hands. He's like, oh, bro, gee golly. And meanwhile, Tommy DeVito, you got his agent in the yeah. crowd. Uh, he's a legend, apparently. And... It's also one of those things where Daniel Jones is underachieving as somebody you thought was that was expected to be a franchise be quarterback. the next Eli Manning. Yeah, Tommy DeVito's coming out, and nobody expected any of this. We love stories like this. It's what makes sports great. He's Tommy like DeVito. I thought maybe, like, I was talking about myself though into the Packers having a shot at the NFC North because it turns out maybe the Lions are frauds (laughs) but I don't know Minnesota six to one to win the North the Packers 33 to one and the Lions um a huge price right now so it looks like Detroit by default is going to end up winning that division but Green Bay had a chance last night to make up some ground and couldn't do so and uh, that's embarrassing especially when you look at what Minnesota was able to do with out Josh Dobbs, who's clearly not the answer. He's been benched. Bench. Nick Mullins is now in. But you win a 3 nothing football game. So, sure, you didn't get anything going offensively, but you shut out a football team. Uh, and last year, you had a pass defense that was outside the top 30. This year, you're a top 10 defense in one year. So it just proves that a coordinator can change some things. So and I would fire Joe Barry. You today. talking about the division, though. Detroit's got the seventh toughest schedule the rest of the way. Cowboys, Vikings twice, Broncos. Green Bay has the 31st ranked strength of schedule in the NFL. They play the Vikings. Loss. Okay. Loss. Panthers. <laughs> win. win. Bears. By 40. Ah, loss. Division loss, game could be a loss. And then Buccaneers also. Yeah, I call the split between Bears and Packers this year. And 
The Bears are trending very well right yeah, now. They, they are. are. Top 10 run defense, secondary a little bit better. Justin Fields wasn't great last week, but playing for his, well, career maybe, his job. You got the Flus, Eberflus. I think Eberflus is back next year, guys. They like him in that locker room. Yeah, I heard Montez Sweat was singing his praises. Ripping the culture here in D.C. Yeah. Well, if you want to call it D.C., that we don't really have teams in D.C. apparently anymore. Listen, it's easy <laughs> It's easy to make fun of the culture with that team. So, so it's not like he's really going out on a limb and saying anything that we haven't heard before. So. Here's, here's where the Bears' defense ranks with Montez Sweat in, in the, uh, for, from weeks 9 to 14. Fourth, fourth in terms of total yards allowed, sixth in terms of rush yards allowed, fourth passing yards allowed, interceptions tied for first, passer rating uh, against tied for first, second in explosive play per- percentage, 16th in pressure rate, 25th in third down percentage, 26th in red zone percentage. So it's third down and red zone, obviously, that they still need to clean some things up. But, man, one guy coming into the team – and changing that defense, which, let's be honest, the Bears' defense has been ass. Terrible. Like last year, the year before that, they were, what, 31st? Oh, yeah. In a bunch of different metrics? Which is crazy, because like if you go back to since 1985, that's the one thing that they've always had is a strong mm. defense. Erlocker, Briggs, my main man. Uh, I almost said Eddie Jackson. Mike Brown, <laughs> who had to retire way too early. Yeah, and, and it's been bad. Like, it's... It's crazy to see like these teams that have just turned things around quickly on the defensive side of the ball this year. Chicago, uh, Minnesota, and then there's some teams where we had such high hopes. Like even I mean, well, the, it's, even it's, Green Bay. I'm not going to rip the Jets because they just held the Texans to six points, but they well, also knocked CJ Stroud three, out of that. Top game. three DVOA defense right now, Jets. Yeah, I know, I know. It's just I. It's, it's what do you it's, want from them? They uh, don't have a good number offense. one. <laughs> a winning record. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers on your, that field. You just want your tickets to come through. Ryan had so many tickets on them winning the AFC, on the Super Bowl. If you didn't have any money on the and Jets. And season tickets. I just wanted to make tickets. my money back on those, too. Yeah. At least get my face value back, and I didn't. The Jets were the biggest letdown of my life. This you, year's you know what? Jets. I was just about to say, you got let down in so many areas from that team. You pushed all your chips to the center of the table. Yeah, it was like the Eagles dream team with, with Vince Young. And uh, Mike Vick was the starter, and Young was the backup. And he called them the dream team. Yep. They didn't even make the playoffs. They were that. eight and eight that year. Yeah, that's, that's how, I, was that's how there. I feel about Ooh. this year's Jets. Namdi Asamoa, Kerry Washington's husband. Guy was a and he, actor now, too. Yeah. Daddy. Been in a couple of movies. Namdi Asamoa. <laughs> he wasn't a good corner, though, at the end. No, he, he was, was great not. before he went to Philadelphia, yeah. and then everything just kind of fell apart. But you're right. I mean, that this Jets team, <laughs> I think about, you know, sometimes whenever you mention that, I think about that, and I feel bad for you. It sucks. You really you really invested everything like, into that. And like, the Chargers, Ryan. too. I was like, dang, Ryan, why is he doing that? Thank to, God for the Cowboys. I mean, yeah, it, it is what it is. All right, uh, there is somebody that is about as hot as anybody when it comes to betting on the NBA. Joe DeLara going to join us next. It's BetMGM Tonight.